As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, This Is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. If you know, then you know. It's those long nights, early mornings, rolling down these old back roads. Working all week, trying to turn this blood, sweat, and tears poor. With a little bit of green in the gold, you can find me smoke right by. By now, you've probably heard us talk about the ThisIsBracketRacing.com driver series. This is a series that we have introduced that will allow a local bracket racer, basically local bracket racers from all across the country, from all across the continent, to compete for a national championship without ever leaving their home track. Best of all, we reward them big time. National champion in both box, top ball, and no box, bottom bulb, $10,000 from thisisbracketracing.com, plus a $2,500 bonus if that champion is a current member of our premier membership community, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. Learn more. Find out the tracks involved. There's probably a track near you. I think we've got 24 racetracks participating in the 2021 series. Learn uh, about the tracks involved. If there's one close to you, all the rules, how it works, and get signed up for your share of the winnings at thisisbracketracing.com slash driver series. Welcome back, or welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, where we sometimes discuss Sugar Shane and Salty Bones. Jed and I break down uh, the upcoming NHRA season in part two of our two-part preview on today's show. In that, we discuss Super Comp. 890, Super Gas, 990, Super Street, yeah, you know, as well as the Summit ET Series classes. Hope you enjoy. Again, this is part two, uh, part one a week ago, in case you missed it. Uh, Clay Millican joined me, and we previewed uh, the NHRA categories on the Lucas Oil Tour from top dragster and top sportsman to stock and super stock, as well as competition eliminators. So again, if you missed that, be sure to go back and check it out. Next up. Me and Jed, but first, Steve Evans, Bob Fry, 
All across North America, sportsman drivers vie for not only divisional wins and championship points. Now here you're going to see that tortoise and hare style of drag racing, as it's the handicaps that make it all work, where you can combine literally dozens and dozens of classes of cars into one eliminator. Now we're going to get our first look at the sportsman race. Joined by my partner today, Big Jed, Jed Pennington. How are you, sir? I'm well. I'm well. Hope you are. I, I know you're uh, battling some extreme conditions up there, uh, so uh, I hope you're getting through that okay. That's some tough weather you guys are getting. All good up in the hood. We are going to be breaking down today, previewing the 2021 NHRA Lucas Oil and, to some extent, Summit ET Series season. Uh, the focus of today's show the super classes, the 90 classes, super comp, super gas, super street, as well as the NHRA Summit ET series uh, classes, grassroots racing in general, with an emphasis on the divisional ET finals, and then ultimately the grand prize, the Summit World Championship. Jed, let's start things off in the class that is near and dear to my heart, the 890 runners, NHRA super comp. We'll kick things off with the champ reigning NHRA national champion in the super comp category, none other than Christopher Dodd. Young man out of Texas, 24-year-old Christopher Dodd, and honestly, I wouldn't have guessed he was that old to look at him. Uh, I would have thought he was even younger than that. Coming into, I don't know, as, as late as mid-September of 2020, super comp looked like a great, epic three-way battle between the young upstart, Christopher Dodd, the and two really seasoned veterans at this point. Uh, one, arguably the most successful big dollar bracket racer in the history of big dollar bracket racing, Troy Williams Jr., and the other, the reigning 2019 NHRA Super Comp champion, Ray Miller III, or as we like to call him, Ray Ray. And in short order from that mid-September date, Dodd pulled away to win convincingly, just strung together win after win after win late in the season to amass a 660-point total, which is a massive total in the Super Comp category, massive total in any category, but particularly given the parity in Super Comp, um, that's a massive total in a regular year, much less uh, pandemic-shortened season. How did he get to 660? Well, in an HRA competition, you get to claim your best eight events. Christopher Dodd had five wins. Five out of eight, pretty good odds, Jed. Yeah, yeah, obviously better than a 50% winning percentage and, you know, doing it in a very tough category at that, Luke. And with the late charge last year with, I mean, two absolute first ballot Hall of Fame All-Stars in the battle with him, uh, Christopher Dodd showed a lot of uh, resilience and, and just a lot of talent to pull away and get that Super Comp World Championship. Very impressive. He and his father, Sean, make quite the team. You've got Sean Dodd, who is I grew up racing with and is a, is a um, got a ton of experience in a variety of classes, right? And I feel like is a mechanical uh, guru mastermind, so to speak. He's got a competition eliminator background and tells you he knows how to, how to tune things, right, for, for speed and efficiency and also, I think, a byproduct of that consistency. Then you match that with Christopher's focus on the racetrack, their combined attention to detail and i've felt for years that success was just a matter of time but it came together in a big big way in 2020 that's the champ 
reigning champ coming into 2021. How about the contenders? In the famous words of Rocky Balboa, every champion was once a contender who refused to give up. It's time to talk contenders. Yeah, I mean, the usual suspects, Luke, you, you've got Ray Ray, as you spoke about. He was the 2019 champ, uh, finally broke it down, got his first world championship where he had been in the hunt seemingly every year for the previous several was right in the middle of it. Steve Williams, another first ballot Hall of Famer. He was a 2018 champ. Uh, Steve coming from the West Coast and, and a long history of successful seasons within the NHRA competition. Austin Williams, our buddy A-Dub, the 2017 champ. Again, a guy that always has himself in position to compete for the championship. Uh, and again, we keep naming them, but they're all-stars. Gary Stennett one of the, the top five maybe to ever do it when it's all said and done. Um, always a contender. John LaBoose Jr., a guy that shows his talent on the bracket side as well as NHRA competition, uh, a multi-talented guy that, that is capable of winning the championship at any time. Troy Williams Jr. Uh, finished second in 2020. Uh, again, not sure if he intends to chase it again, but whatever – Troy chases after he always gives it his best effort. And I'm sure he, if he does decide to chase again, he will be right in the middle of the mix as always. And, um, you know, super comps a, a class full of parody. So these names will just be a tip of the iceberg, uh, as we wind the season up later in the year to see who is, uh, who's in the middle of it. You never really know who's going to put together a great season and put themselves in position to win a world championship. Yeah, to your point, there are typically over a thousand racers that claim at least one event in NHRA Super Comp each season. And so much talent, so much parity in the class, um, so much great equipment across the board. You could literally name a hundred drivers that would win the championship or could win the championship and not surprise me a bit. I'll throw a couple more names just to add on to your list. Perennial contenders, uh, Tom Stalba up in Division 1, uh, Trevor, La Trevor Larson up in Division 5, and again, you could go on down the list. I will piggyback on what you mentioned with Troy Williams Jr. I don't know Troy's plans or intentions for the 2021 season, but to your point, um, he's most recognized, obviously, for his success in big dollar bracket racing, former million dollar race winner. Basically, if there has been a long running big dollar event almost anywhere in the country, Troy's probably won it at least once, right? He's been doing it at a high level for a long time. Um, also has an IHRA uh, world championship to his credit and has pursued an NHRA championship on two different occasions, more than a decade apart. Uh, it was one of the years that Sean Langdon won the championship, so we're talking late uh, 2000s, like 2007-ish, 2008 maybe. Uh, Troy finished third, and then decided to pursue it again in 2020, finished second. So probably not the result that he was looking for, but pretty impressive the two times that you kind of put your hat in the ring. Yeah, very impressive. And as I look down the list of the contenders that we have listed, and obviously there's uh, another 150 uh, quote-unquote contenders out there that that will put themselves in or possibly put themselves in position to win but Luke I guess if I were going to chase the super comp national championship in 2021 I would probably just change my last name to Williams because it seemingly that gives you a, 
you know, put some talent in the driver's seat with Steve Austin and Troy being in our uh, top 10, so to speak. So something about the name Williams, I think, is going to give you a good opportunity. So I would just go Jed Williams for a super comp. That should be the pick. Somebody should pick Gary. I have no idea if he's going to stage in an NHRA race this year, but <laughs> it, it does seem like a good class for the Williams. Yeah, it doesn't seem bad. What's new for 2021? Obviously not a ton of rule changes uh, that pertain to Supercomp. Uh, technology is always advancing, but there's nothing that stands out to me as you know this go-to thing that everybody's got to get into in 2021. The one thing that I will mention, uh, and uh, we discussed this a little bit on uh, our breakdown in, of the competition eliminator stock super stock categories, is this massive um, Division Four incentive package, and this is above and beyond uh, that the NHRA purse structure. This was put together by Roger Brogdon at RoofTech in uh, in cooperation with. Owens Corning, and they have added tremendously uh, bonuses to the Division Four champions in every category. And this is predominantly for Competition Eliminator, but it does trickle down where every Division Four champ is going to get a handsome payday as part of this program. Um, I don't think that this program necessarily has the massive impact on the other categories as I think it will in comp. Again, we discussed that when I had Clay Milliken on, Um, but this certainly could be a factor. Like I'll just use my own situation uh, specifically. And granted, I'm in a unique spot, Jed, because where we live in the southern tip of Illinois, if I were to pick out, and when I go to chase NHRA points, if I were to simply attend the eight divisional events that are closest to my home, they would land me in four different divisions. Like I pretty much live on on the border of, uh, we could go division four, we could go division five, division three, division two. And with that in mind, uh, this incentive program is enough to sway me. Like I'm going, my wife and I are going to chase division four this season, simply because these bonuses are huge. And if I'm going to win a division championship, I, I'd just assume make a lot more money to do it. I don't think there's going to be a ton of that, but I do think that the the level of competition, perhaps the, the level of talent in Division 4, may increase slightly across the board as a result of this. Um, like I say, more so in comp than anything else, but that could be a factor to track in the other categories as well. Look, I don't mean, think there's any doubt it's going to bring some uh, quote-unquote outsiders into that division and and create a a tougher atmosphere for people to get that final win light. I, I think that the, the money that, that is being put up there is, you know, certainly enticing enough to get some people to travel for it, much like what you're going to do. So I, I think it's a given that it's going to be a little bit more difficult. Give me an insider pick. This is, we're going to do this in every class. This is difficult, if not impossible, the level of competition in any category, specific to super comp. But if I got to put you gun to head, who is your 2021 in national comp champion? eliminator? Super comp. And, oh, in super comp. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, that, oh my goodness. That is, uh, that's tough, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with somebody that we didn't list. I, I really feel like this young man is going to make a serious run at it. He's talented. He's got great equipment and uh, the resources to chase. I'm going to go Kyle Bigley. Kyle, definitely. He's a former top 10 finisher, I think a couple of times over. Solid pick. I'll go also outside of a a name that we've mentioned before. Certainly not going out on a limb, Um, but 
maybe a little bit off of the um, conscience, so to speak, of the uh, the average Supercomp racer and or follower of the class. I'll go Tommy Phillips. Uh, he's making, a, after a couple of years away, uh, he will be back in the saddle this year. I, I believe his intentions are to focus on bracket racing as much as the NHRA Tour, but I know that he's got a purpose-built Supercomp car um, and intends to at least start the season. I think if he started off hot, obviously he could get roped into another championship chase. Tommy, as we've discussed before, infamously, uh, and now especially with Jody Lang having claimed his championship, Tommy, I think without question, is the most decorated NHRA sportsman competitor to have not won an NHRA World Championship. It has defied him in so many different ways on so many different close calls. I believe he has finished number two six times in his career. Uh, I would love to see him personally and get the World Championship. And uh, I think in a, in a season like this, as wide open as it is, he's as good a pick as any. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a great, great pick. Uh, good to hear Tommy's coming back and going to make his run at it and really good timing on his part with the, with the D4 bonus being in his backyard. So I would look for him to perform very well as always. Bold prediction for 2021 in Supercomp. Uh, I'll go out on a bit of a limb here because this seems like it would be the case traditionally in a field that is has so much parity as Supercomp does, but it is rare. Uh, usually someone kind of runs away or a couple of racers run away and post massive scores in the same season. I will say that in this year, the 2021 NHRA Supercomp World Champion will not crest 600 points, which is a low total. But again, I just think there's so much parity in Supercomp that you're going to see a situation where something like uh, 592 or something like that wins the world. Yeah, that's very likely. Uh, again, with the parity that you mentioned and, and the, the amount of all-stars in the category, I don't know that it would be a, a bold prediction on my part to say it, but I would say the the national champion will be a first-time national champion, uh, much like the the two that we picked individually. So I would think, again, that's not very bold, but I think it's definitely going to be a first-time champion. All right, let's slow things down one second into the 990 ranks in Super Gas, where the reigning champ... Well, here comes the champion, Bob. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. And trust me when I tell you, I am the man. Woo! Well, simply put, I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. The champ is here! Division 6 standout, Brian Presler. Presler followed up his 2019 season where he fought and dueled with Ray Miller III down to the wire for the Super Comp Championship. That season, Presler ultimately finished second. Back that up with a championship run in the 990 category in 2020. It's a rare national championship out of Division Six, just for geographic logistics, as we've discussed before, Jed. That doesn't happen very often. It's actually happened twice in 2020. Not only Brian Presler, also Jody Lang. Presler's championship was actually the lowest points total to ever win a title. Presler finished the season with just 539 points, which is normally uh, a top 10 score, lower half of the top 10. 
in 2020, again, largely due to the parity in the super gas category, and also I think due to you know some of the uniqueness and the restrictions of 2020, Prezzer's score of 539 held up. He is your reigning champ as we come into 2021. Looking back over last year's points and forecasting ahead, run me through some of the contenders. Well, Luke, obviously Jason Kenny, the Kenny family, uh, a very talented top to bottom, and Jason, a uh, tremendous racer in his own right, so always a contender. As mentioned in the super comp category, uh, John LaBouche Jr., definitely a difficult out in super gas as well, great equipment to work with. Uh, Justin Lopes, uh, a, a young man who's obviously very talented and puts himself in position, has done it multiple times. We talked about this guy in Super Comp as well, Steve Williams, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, as I said, a legend in the sport. Sawyer family, anybody named Sawyer uh, is is definitely very capable in the Super Gas category. We talked about Austin Williams in Super Comp. He will be a factor in Super Gas as well as Austin uh, looks like will chase Super Gas and Super Comp and uh, maybe put the stalker aside some and race it sparingly. And Luke, there's a, a pretty mean new Corvette Roadster in Southern Illinois that uh, I would expect to be a contender if he uh, decides to chase. And that's Luke Bogacki. We didn't uh, we didn't talk about that or have you on the list, but I think the uh, I think the little Roadster is pretty mean, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy some 990 activity when you get the opportunity. Love the class. Would love to be considered a threat again. So we'll see how the season starts off. I'll pull on a little bit of a of a couple, of, or I'll pull on a couple of threads from what you had mentioned. John LaBouche Jr., obviously former uh, NHRA World Champion in this category, has uh, kicked his 2021 season off right. As we record this, the only Lucas Oil Series event in the books was the Divisional at Orlando. John LaBouche Jr. was the winner in Supergas. So, yeah, he's uh, he's always a contender, but uh, just from the early start this year, absolutely looks like he's bringing his A game. You mentioned Austin Williams uh, delved into Supergas uh, at least, you know, seriously for the first time in 2020, finished in the top 10, won the Division Four championship at the wheel of, uh, of Buddy Woods Roadster. And I, I may misspeak here, Jed. Um, Austin made a... a I don't want to say a half-hearted, like, I, I feel like it was a pandemic-shortened run in 2020 at f- claiming points in three categories. He actually went to basically the minimum races in stock, super comp, and stock, and uh, super gas. And I don't know exactly what his plans are for 2021, but I would assume that that's on the table again. Uh, obviously, that requires a great deal of travel and uh, some logistical challenges to kind of get the right cars to the right races, but it could be done. And uh, and if anyone is capable of succeeding in more than the traditional one or two categories, uh, it's Austin Williams. Give me an insider pick if we're going to predict a 2021 national champion in the 990 category? Well, it seems very cliche as we just talked about him quite a bit, but I really like Austin to make a run at this and be a serious contender. He's just a very talented racer, got really good resources, the ability to get to the, to, to the amount of races needed to compete at the, for a championship. So I'm going to pick Austin as the insider. We've gone through this exercise, Jed, in various formats for the last three or four years. And I think maybe every time 
certainly on multiple occasions. Like my go-to pick when you ask me who's going to win the Super Gas World Champion, Mike Sawyer. Mike, Mike Sawyer. Like I just, a, I feel like he is one of, if not the best driver in the class. He pays so much attention to detail, and he's a do. He's another one like we just talked about with Tommy Phillips that has knocked on the door, has yet to claim a national championship. His father has one. Mike would like to join him, but that's not my pick because I do that every year. It hasn't come to fruition. I feel like I'm jinxing Mike, so I'm gonna lay back. I'm gonna go with another. Um, uh, common pick like not going out on a limb at all uh i'll i'll claim ray 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 miller the third former national champion in super comp hasn't won a championship yet in super gas uh kind of a perennial top 10 finisher obviously super talented obviously has incredible equipment uh if you put me gun to head and said who's gonna win it uh i'll take ray ray Look, that's not a bad pick, but the one of the reasons i didn't pick ray ray in either category is He's uh, he's freshly engaged to Jamie Southards, and they have a little one on the way due in September. Those types of things can shake your season up in a good way. Uh, I don't want to make it sound negative. It's a wonderful thing. It's a blessing, but it certainly can keep Ray Ray at home when uh, he might would have normally been at the races. So that could have an impact on his championship run. Fair point. I did see that. Congrats to uh, to Ray Ray and Jamie. Um, yeah, no, that that could absolutely play a role. How about a bold prediction, Jed? Uh, I don't know how bold the prediction is, but uh, I think that Bo Butner will have a top ten finish in Super Gas. I think Bo is uh, is not going to be swapping gears. In the pro stock category, I think he's going to get out and do some sportsman racing, and I think he'll do well enough that it'll send him to enough races that he's going to have a top 10 finish in the, in the super gas category. It was just a couple years ago that coming down the stretch in the season, Bo had a legitimate shot to win the pro stock world championship, the factory stock world championship, and uh, was in mathematical contention for the Supergas World Championship. I don't think any of them came to fruition in that particular year. I want to say that was 2019. But just to be in that position is pretty incredible and speaks to his versatility behind the wheel. Yeah, no doubt. He's a talented, talented racer. And, you know, he, he has shown it in the pro stock category on a high level. But uh, watching him at the bracket races and, and some sportsman categories shows that he's very uh, versatile and, I think he's uh, he's going to show a lot of people what he can do this year. All right. So the 2020 season saw, when I look back at last year's top 10, a lot of uh, new blood, so to speak, in the top 10, right? Outside of the, the quote-unquote usual suspects, you Jason Kinney, John LaBoose Jr., Val Torres, there's a lot of new names, you know, first-time top 10 finishers a year ago. And if we look back historically, this largely follows suit. In the history of Supergas, which has been going on for nearly 40 years at this point, uh, I'm 99% sure that we've only had two individuals win multiple Supergas World Championships, those being Sherman Adcock Jr. and Sheldon Gecker. In you know nearly 40 years of the category, no one's repeated but those two. It's a bold prediction, Bogalak. Let's see if it pays off for you. My bold prediction for 2021 is that we get a repeat champ. Now, that contradicts what I just said because 
I want to say Ray Ray counts. Like he is a former world champion, but he's not a former Super Gas world champion. So he would not be a repeat champ. So uh, do I get a repick? I, I, I don't know. Like if I won't repick, but I do. I, I feel like I'm kind of pulling a U here, Jed. Like I'm covering a lot of bases. Because yeah, yeah. I can say Ray Ray's my pick, but then if anybody that won a championship before gets it, I'm like, yeah, I called it, right? So it gives me a few outs. But if I'm going to look at it broadly, I. I, by saying that you're going to have a repeat champion, I pick up John LaBoose Jr., Devin Eisenhower, Jeremy Mason, Jeff Lopez, your defending champ, Brian Presler. Like, ah, I like my chances. Yeah, that's uh, definitely the approach that I normally take. I, I talk out of both sides of my mouth, much like you just did. So uh, very well done. I'm, I'm in awe right now of, of what you just accomplished. I've been taking notes for four years, brother. <laughs> well done. All right, let's transition. Let's slow it down one more second. Go to the Super Street ranks. Now, Super Street's unique in that, uh, as I'm sure you know, there's not a national champion crowned in the Super Street category. Super Street is essentially contested at one national event in each division each year. So as we look back at the, the champ, we'll just roll through the division champions, the seven division champs from 2020, and we'll just crown our own world champion. That would be the division champ that had the highest points total. And that is another Sawyer, Jed. Brian Sawyer, your division one champ, had the highest points total in 2020 with 419 uh, division one points. Division two champ, Kevin McNichol. Mark Smith got the nod in division three. Our friend Jay Bunce, uh, the champion in division four. Wade Samuel, division five champ. Sean Sean Schaefer, Division Six, and Trevor Larson was the Division Seven champ. I guess we give the world championship to Brian Sawyer on the on the strength of the highest division score, like we said. I think it should also be noted uh, Ray Miller the second, which is not Ray Ray, right? This is Ohio. Ray Miller um, was the winner at Indy. So if you want to say like that's the world champ, that's the biggest race, you could make that argument as well. Yeah, look, and, and we talked about Trevor Larson. What a story last year on his Super Street run in Division 7 because Trevor's not in Division 7. We we talked about that on a show um, late in the year last year. But uh, if, you know, if Trevor makes another run at a division or, you know, um, whether his own division or one separate, I would actually expect him to go to four and uh, and try to collect a, a little bit more of a paycheck but that that was an incredible story last year with trevor all right contenders and again we're going division by division and the list is long the field is talented is there anybody that sticks out to you that you would expect to see you know typically contending for a division championship or national event wins in the super street category you know that's a difficult category it's so wide ranged i, I really don't have a pick so this is where I go. I finally get to go homer on you. And I will say that the highest point total will come from a division two super street racer, just because division two is my home division. And, you know, we're the best racers in the country. <laughs> roll tide, roll tide, roll tide. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Does that qualify for a bold prediction? Because anyone that has listened to us uh, gas bag before Jed, knew that that was coming at some point in this show they should have they were they're not a hashtag loyal listener if they didn't (laughs) (laughs) um if we go insider pick like again we don't crown a national champion in uh 
in the super street category it, i guess our uh, our if we're going to categorically define this we'll say the highest points total in 2021 gets our uh, our nod for kind of the mythical um super street national champion and call me a homer here as well you're, you're gonna stick with division two <clears throat> i'll say that the the highest score this season comes from division three uh, i feel like maybe it's a it's a process where uh, the competition is so stiff that they tend to eliminate one another. I think the Division Three racers in Super Street are really strong. If you're forcing me to pick one, uh, I'll pick. Uh, I'll, I'll go Jed again and narrow it down to two. That's as close as I can get. Give me Phil Smyta. Give me reigning Division Three champ Mark Smith. Uh, I could see either one of those guys putting up a massive score in the 1090 category. Yeah, a couple of very talented guys, and Phil Smite is a guy that that wouldn't surprise. Neither would surprise me, obviously. But Phil just he just seems to have a knack for that category. He seems to have a knack for performing on the big stage, and uh, would really not be shocked at all to see him uh, have the highest points total in that category. Super Street's a unique category too, because there's unlike say uh, Super Gas, like there's not necessarily a purpose-built super street car right if there is one it's probably phil smita's cavalier like ultimately originally that was a, a richardson machine that was essentially built ultimately it may have been a folk machine first actually now that i think back to it um that toyed a little bit in super gas but was really kind of tailor-made for the super street categories a heavier full-bodied car um and Smida, I don't even know what he's got in that thing for power, but it flies. Like, I've been at bracket races with Phil and he styled like 520, and that thing mm. got away 2,800 pounds, uh, 1090 at 160, and they've just got a, a lot of experience, a really good handle on weather prediction and uh, the consistency of that car, and then you couple that with Phil's skill behind the wheel. Like, it's just a really tough combination to get past. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll echo your point. Um, it would surprise no one if he put up a monster score. Uh, bold prediction is—is is that where you went D two, or have you got something else? No, that was my—that was my bold prediction D two. Okay, I'll go. This is for the second consecutive year and the second time in history. Uh, Super Street will be contested at the Granddaddy at all the the NHRA US Nationals in Indianapolis, uh, basically because. Indy is now the host to the Jags All-Stars competition, and they didn't want to ask eight super street racers from all over the country to converge on Indy for one three-round race, right? Let them run super street as, as a regular national event, too. Did that in 2020. It was quite the scene. It was quite the spectacle to see the first uh, super street champion crowned at the biggest event on the tour. As we talked about before, that crown went back to Ohio with Ray Miller. My bold prediction for... 2021 is that we will see a super street double at Indy, meaning that the winner of the Jags All-Stars will go on to also win Indy and you know the regular national event at Indy, which would be incredible. It would be the biggest weekend in the history of super street racing. But I'll also say it's not coming out on that much of a limb. I think that the super street field was limited to 40 entrants eight of those are all-stars so you'd say i got a one in five chance to begin with right and uh, the winner of the all-stars competition which is completed earlier in the weekend is obviously on cloud nine feeling pretty invincible and particularly in an event like indy where things get so spread out has an additional three hits at the racetrack 
that could make a difference. Like the more data you get in this game, particularly in the NHRA Superclasses, the more advantage it is. I could just see the combination of momentum and data and experience and getting through you know, that high pressure round really serving someone well come Monday at Indy. So that's my bold prediction. Indy double. That is bold, Luke, but it's it's very doable, especially the forty car field. You know, you got five rounds there. You got the the uh, all stars where you're going to have four rounds of, um, or three rounds, excuse me, of competition. So, yeah, a, a racer gets on a, a roll and transfers that over to the main event uh, after the the all stars. I could definitely see that happen. So, while that is still uh, somewhat bold, it's uh, it's something that is accomplishable by the especially the talented field that's going to be at Indy. Let's transition away, Jed, from the 90 categories from the Lucas Oil Series altogether and turn the spotlight to the Summit ET Series where tens of thousands of racers from across the country compete at their local tracks to earn the right to represent their facilities at their regional ET finals. It is there that eight drivers in each category earn the right to not only represent their home track but also their division and race for a world championship uh, typically at Pomona last season at Las Vegas where we crowned four NHRA Summit ET Series world champions. Yeah Luke you, you talk about that the way that plays out and you know the the NHRA classes that we've discussed full of racers that travel they plan to travel they've got motorhomes they've got big trailers and you know they go for days at a time to events these are the people that typically have stayed around home raced their local racetrack supported it all year long scored a high points level been invited to the bracket finals as a result of their points finish uh, obviously perform well there and get to go on to the national championship at the world finals so these these races, this is a huge deal for the Summit ET Series, and these racers get out of their comfort zone a little bit with the, the kind of travel that they go through. And you know, the the national championship for them is uh, is a monster event. NHRA rolls out the red carpet for them. I've heard over and over and over how well they're treated, and when they show up to Pomona or Vegas, if you will, and you know, the, the pursuit of that is uh is really a lifelong dream for a lot of these racers now what what we'll talk about here in, in one of the categories is a guy that seemingly does it just anytime he wants to but for the most part uh, these guys don't get a lot of these opportunities to go do it and it's it's a really neat deal between summit and the nhra what they provide for the et classes not only that, but Jed, I have uh, I've been witness to the the Summit ET World Championship runoff on a couple of occasions, and the tension, the atmosphere, the spectacle, just the electricity in the air matches anything that I've ever seen on the racetrack. You know, the Jegs All Stars has some of that. Um, the Monday at Indy has some of that. You know, I've always talked about the the late rounds of the Million has some of that. Um, the this spectacle each season has that i mean you've got the best of the best converging in one place uh, most of whom have traveled probably farther than they have ever traveled to an event before for one shot at you know the world championship and it's a it's a once in a lifetime thing for the vast majority of the competitors and such a cool experience for everyone but obviously um uh 
I don't want to say a life-changing or defining experience, but uh, an unforgettable experience for, for each champion without question. Yeah, no doubt at all. And uh, our 2020 champions uh, in, in the Super Pro category, again, is exactly opposite of what I just described about the, the racers that don't travel a lot. You got Devin Eisenhower, a young man that has shown tremendous ability on the NHRA tour and certainly bracket racing as well. And he went out and won the Super Pro Championship. Um, uh, again, not exactly what I was talking about in the Pro Champion, which we'll talk more about uh, soon. And that was Jeff Heffler. Uh, if, if we talk about first ballot Hall of Famers, He's definitely one of those in any category that he has chosen to race, but he has a knack for some of the AT championships. The sportsman category coming out of Division One was John McLaughlin. Uh, John McLaughlin, uh, excuse me, that's hard to say sometimes, but uh, John uh, definitely uh, went out a long way from Division One to Vegas to claim the sportsman national championship. And then for the second year in the row, the ET Motorcycle Championship went to Division Six this year. It was Don DePeel. Uh, last year, Jim Ware won it, and uh, he was also obviously a Division Six racer. So something about those Division Six guys that are tough in the motorcycle category. Those are the champs. I don't even think we can go into listing the contenders, Big Jed. It's literally a field of thousands um, across the country, and the what it takes to become uh, a national champion obviously someone's going to do it but you're talking about winning seven or eight rounds at your home division bracket finals traveling in many cases across the country to win three rounds against the best of the best so you're talking about accumulating 10 or 11 round wins against competition that is uh, has been pinpointed as the best uh, in their local area at their local racetrack um, it's a hard thing to do that's why there's only one that does it each year and i think uh arguably the most predictable most unpredictable um you know champion uh, across the the nhra tour yeah and look the fact that this is a quarter mile races you know guys from my part of the country uh, they race on drag strips that are barely a quarter of a mile long sometimes start to finish where you turn off so um, some guys can get out of their element relatively easy in, a, in an environment like that. So, you know, it's it's impressive when these eighth-mile racers, that, that that's all they've done, maybe all they've ever done, go and compete on a stage like that and do well. But uh, certainly, I, I think the people that race quarter-mile, that race in areas John, that hey, might have to win at times, you and mailed they, in a postcard to my company a few weeks how that ago impacts requesting them. information I on think they have, have a slight advantage, but every now and again, you'll see the, the typical eight-mile racer go out there and get it yeah, done. So it's really a unique setting, a unique atmosphere and environment for the AT racers. And certainly, again, what Summit has helped with the help of NHRA is just something extra special. And really looking forward to seeing how that plays out again this year. To your point, Jed, in, in your neck of the country, when racers refer to the quote-unquote long track, they're more often than not just referring to a full eighth mile. 
I have I have competed at racetracks in your neck of the woods that are not 660 feet simply because they don't have enough shutdown, right? Yeah, um, true. So yes, the 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 idea of going another 660 for many racers, and this isn't just uh, limited in this day and age to the southeast. Uh, I would say that uh, more bracket programs than not across the country uh, are competing on the eighth mile and uh, about the the actual division bracket finals are split about half and half eighth mile to quarter mile and then the the runoff uh, to claim the world championship is quarter so odds are um, the majority of the of the champions at least last year uh, competed on both distances and yes to your point quarter mile may seem relatively foreign to to many of them when we can't talk about the the Summit ET series without discussing, and you brought him up earlier as as a reigning champion, Jeff Heffler is the king of the Summit ET series and the Summit ET championships. Uh, I would love at some point to have Jeff on the show to to discuss that. The odds of that are next to none, right? I, I know Jeff pretty well. Uh, I've reached out to him several times to, to come on the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast, and the uh, the response every single time is, that's not my cup of tea. I'm way too shy for that. Um, certainly more comfortable behind the wheel than he is uh, behind the microphone. So I don't think we're ever going to get this from through Jeff's eyes, but he's now a four-time national champion okay in the, just in the summit et series now we talked about how rare and how difficult it is to pull this off it's impressive just to make it to the eight car runoff in the finals right much less to win it jeff has won it four different times yeah. and keep in mind that the summit et nhra national championship has only been existent in existence in this format for 21 years he's won almost 20 percent of the time <laughs> incredible uh he's three national championships in the sportsman category won those in 2010 2013 2016 and then last year got his first championship in pro as well and of the accomplishments for jeff heffler i guess that's probably the what stands out but how about this nine time nhra division four bracket finals champion nine times he has won the et finals in five different decades and i don't think i i'm i'm i may be off base here i don't think jeff heffler's 50 i want to say jeffson is in his late 40s but he has et finals championships to his credit in the 80s the 90s the 2000s the 2010s and last year in 2020 he's not old enough to have five championships like that in five <laughs> different decades it's pretty incredible if you'll remember back to uh, i believe it was in the late 90s jeff was uh, an nhra lucas oil series champion in the stock eliminator category which puts him in very unique company there are only three drivers in the history of the NHRA that have claimed world championships in both the Lucas Oil Series and the Summit ET Series. We've already discussed two of them in Jeff Heffler and Devin Eisenhower. I think I've trivia timed you on this before, Jed. Can you name the third? Uh, you probably have asked me that before, and no, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a little-known racer, uh, originally from North Texas, relocated several years ago to the Nashville, Tennessee area. Ringing any bells? 
Yeah, that's that's sounding familiar. <laughs> yeah. Just just a, a little known racer by the name of Edmund Richardson. Uh, Edmund, obviously multi-time NHRA Lucas Oil Series champion, also has two championships on the Summit ET Series uh, to his credit. Uh, and that's actually a, a rare thing too. We talk about Jeff Heffler, we talk about Edmund Richardson as multi-time champions of the Summit ET Series. There have, in 21 years of the series, there have only been five racers to win more than one NHRA Summit ET National Championship. We mentioned Edmund, we mentioned Jeff Heffler. The other three, how about Chad Isley from here in my neck of the woods? Chad won it in 2013 on a motorcycle and then in 2016 slamming a door on his Camaro in Pro Eliminator. Tom Clemmy, a three-time champion, all on a motorcycle, 08, 11, and 12. And Michael Nash, the uh, standout Texan on two wheels, back-to-back motorcycle championships in 2006 and 2007. Those motorcycle racers are tough. They they definitely can go get it done multiple times. I feel like the the field is too wide uh, to really make an accurate prediction here. But do you have an insider pick or a bold prediction for the Summit ET series in twenty twenty one? I have no idea, Luke. As you said, pretty much everybody in the country is eligible for that and could possibly get it done. I, I'll. I won't go homer and pick a D2 racer. So I, I won't do, I'll kind of do insider pick and bold prediction at the same time. But I, I say the champion in, well, there's so many categories there, but really what I care most about is pro. So I'm going to say the pro champion is going to come from division three. Okay. That's a solid pick. That's, that's about as bold as you can get. I will go yeah. so far as to say that, um, the the champion let's let's I'll, since you went pro I'll, I'll stick with super pro I will say that the champion will be a a, a name that we know um, you know a racer that uh, that we're familiar with uh, parks in the pits um, has uh, you would know that you would know him if you saw him or or her perhaps um, has uh, clear fuel jugs uh, battery charger orange extension cord you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah, big tires in the back, little ones in the front. Well, it's Super Pro, so um, it, it, they've got a dragster. But, you know, I mean, they got started oh, back in the day. They, they had a Camaro. Maybe it was a Chevy 2. I don't really remember. Um, but, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say you just nailed it. Probably okay, a really good it. chance of that. <laughs> Called it. Jot it down. Bold prediction. Roll Tide. You know, Luke, uh, before we wrap this thing up, I want to talk just a little bit again about Jeff Heffler the amount of times he's done it and i watched the videos from last year's national championship and and he's foot braking really calm cool in the car you know as he was turning on his wind lights it just i don't know it's just like business as usual obviously he's done it a bunch but i'm sure he was excited inside jeff is a competitor and, and goes to win he wouldn't travel that far to race if he wasn't but i don't know if you got to see any of the videos but just as calm, cool, and collected, even when the final wind light come on, uh, just you know, just kind of took his helmet off and set it over, and just went through the motions. Didn't didn't get overly excited. Just you can just tell the guy. Obviously, when you control your emotions like that, you're you're better prepared to go out and compete on the, that kind of stage. It was it was really fun to watch. Uh, not not a whole lot of activity, but still fun. I did get to see the in-car video from the final round, and what struck me from it was I'm 
fairly confident in saying that Jeff Heffler was not as nervous when he pulled into the water box as he was taking off his equipment and being presented uh, with the NHRA Wally and having a microphone stuck in his face. Yeah, good point. <laughs> that was the worst part for him, but maybe we can get him on the show. We'll just tell him we need him to come on and talk about Pro One racing and safety products. Uh, sure, that'll get him. I've tried that stance, too. I don't think he'll do it. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> Jed, this has been fun. Thank you for uh, for running through the uh, the NHRA, the upcoming NHRA season with us here in uh, in Super Comp, Super Gas, Super Street, and the Summit ET categories. Always uh, a blast to get together, my man. Yeah, I had a great time, Luke. Uh, good rundown. Looking for a great season within NHRA competition, certainly in the, the Summit ET series as well. Can't wait to talk about the the contenders and the champs later on in the year. All right, that's a wrap. That's the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Shouts, as always, to producer Mark for all the hard work that he puts in behind the scenes. Shouts also to PJ North. He is responsible for all the fun audio add-ins as well as uh, the musical entertainment on this show. If you're not familiar with PJ and his incredible music, be sure to check him out on social media. Thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. We will be back next week with another great episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. If you enjoyed this breakdown, this was part two of our NHRA season preview. If you missed part one, go back, punch through. That's episode 218. Clay Miller can join me. We previewed the season in competition eliminator stock, super stock, top sportsman, and top dragster. See you next week. Jed and I are proud to partner with Bill Taylor Enterprises. That's BTE here within the podcast. Neither of us, Jed or myself, are strangers to BTE products, services, or customer service. I've personally been using BTE transmissions and converters exclusively since 1998. Um, That's 20 years. BTE has quite literally powered every race, every championship, every round that I've won for my entire adult life. My point, they build products that I depend on. BTE builds products that Jed depends on. BTE builds products that you can depend on. Whether it's a complete top dragster or or top sportsman power glide transmission, a torque converter designed for your specific combination, or any transmission component or bolt-on item, the folks at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed in today's ultra-competitive world of sportsman drag racing. Shop online at BTE Racing. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer, led by knowledgeable professionals. Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors, and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and 
surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is, at each event, there are 100-plus entries. There's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elitist for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.